Hey folks, I'm Chris Rouse, and I would like to welcome you to this podcast. And for those of you who have been listening uh, along with me for a few weeks now, I'm just glad that you're um, spending some time each week hanging out with me. As I have grown uh, a little more into an adult, because I don't, still really don't, like, consider myself a true adult, but that's for another day. Um, I have come to embrace my introverted self more. I was always, I always was an introvert, but I think through different times in my life, I'd kind of adapted more towards the extroverted here and there, but I've just kind of come to fully embrace my introverted self at this point. And I'm not really the kind to, you know, just kind of get out on the town, um, although no one is is really even doing that these days like they used to. And for those of you who have um, young children as well, you know, um, your life is, is, you know, centered more around playgrounds and, um, you know, play places than anything. <laughs> so anyway... But there are basically two places where you might find me, uh, other than my home or at work. Uh, one of those, of course, is Starbucks, and anybody who knows me just knows that's that's the place. And you know, I was I was really like into Starbucks coffee before it was like a cool thing to to do, and. I kind of think I might have been one of those people in my local community that was like a catalyst for a lot of other people ending up at Starbucks. I just really like their coffee. But the other place that you might find me um, would be at a Trader Joe's. And I'm very excited because uh, word is that there is is one um, getting ready to be built in my local area. And, um, you know, people... I, I suppose have different reasons for liking Trader Joe's and they have a very like strong community following and gathering. I just think it's a really fun store to to go into. And of course, Trader Joe's, you may not know much about it. It's a grocery store, um, but it's a, a small grocery store because, um, you know, and I don't know if, if anyone resonates with any of this, you know, let me know somehow, but I feel like a lot of grocery stores these days are just gigantic. Like you just walk around forever trying to find something. And so Trader Joe's, their stores are smaller. Everything's kind of there together. They have these really cool, fun signs that are posted. It's real kind of artsy in a way. And, and that's something I, I don't know. I just think it's neat. Um, and they just have a lot of interesting like grocery items. Um, I got connected with them because of, of cookie butter and I don't even have time to go into all of the, just the beauty of cookie butter. If you don't know what it is, it's basically like peanut butter made with crushed up graham crackers and it's, it's just amazing. But anyhow, this, this podcast episode is not about Trader Joe's, right? But one of the, the things about Trader Joe's that they, um, uh, really advertise and and they're very committed to is organic um, types of foods, um, things that are, are healthier for you. And one of the nice things about it is that they're an affordable store um, because 
that's a whole nother issue is is that the the whole market for organic or healthy foods is is not really um, priced very well for people to actually be able to eat um, in a you know a healthier lifestyle. But at any rate, Trader Joe's they are all about um, organic foods, um, and so that is they. I thought of them as I was thinking about uh, our. Um, continuing journey through the I Am Sayings of Jesus, because today we're going to be talking about the most organic image that Jesus uses for himself, which is the vine. So stick around with me on this episode today as uh, we have a, or attempt to have an organic discussion and reflection on Jesus, who is the true vine. This is Pneumaturgical. Let's open up today with a prayer that uh, will perhaps help ground us um, in the true vine of Christ. If you will pray with me. God of love, plant us in the soil of your grace. Nurture us with the strength of Christ, the vine of everlasting life. Enlighten us with the wisdom of your Spirit, which flows through us today and all days. Abide in us that we may abide in you and live in your love. In your holy name we pray. Amen. I would like to share with you um, some scripture uh, from John chapter 15, and I'm going to begin at verse 1, and these are uh, the words of Jesus. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man uh, or if a person remains in me and I in them, they will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, they are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love 
just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that they would lay down their life for their friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. This is the holy scriptures of our Lord Jesus Christ, given through the inspiration of the Spirit to build up the people of God. Amen. I was talking with a friend at church, a shout out to Becky Tompkins if you're listening. I was talking uh, with her the other day. Of course, we were six feet apart, both had on masks and all that other good jazz. We were talking about John 15, though, and in the course of conversation, I was reflecting that this whole image of the vine— It's probably my favorite I am statement of Jesus. Um, As I've mentioned to you before, my father is a pastor, and so growing up as a kid in church, I think that the shepherd image was probably the most familiar one as as a, uh, a kid, the most familiar image of Jesus. But as I've grown into an adult more, the image of the vine has really has really come to, to be my favorite, I think. And I don't know if it's because in the Gospel of John, to me, Jesus has this really earthy way about him, which no pun intended there with the vine. But seriously, we think of Jesus in these portraits where his skin is like perfectly bronzed, and he looks like he just came from a spa day or something. But in John's gospel, I just I just think there is this, this earthiness or kind of this grittiness about Jesus. And that may be a really odd way of reading through the gospel of John, because most people find it to be the gospel out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John— People think that John is the one who shows the most about Jesus being divine. But I think that John does this by kind of showing the earthiness of Jesus too. So anyway, I I digress there. Um, And so back to John 15 where we were reading. Now when Jesus talks with his disciples about himself as the vine, they have already had what we call the Last Supper together. And John also gives us details about Jesus washing the disciples' feet after that meal. 
Uh, some Bible folks think that Jesus may have stopped at the temple with his disciples after uh, the meal and everything here in, in John 15 when he's talking. And long story short, ancient Jewish historians have mentioned that there was this giant golden vine at the temple that was supposed to represent the people of Israel. And so I don't think it's a bad thing to remind ourselves here that Jesus and his crew were Jewish, and the image of the vineyard, it was just kind of woven into their faith and into their world. Now, wine was extremely plentiful in the biblical world, um, you know, for many reasons, one being because water supplies were not always very clean. And so, you know, the grapes were were there, they were crushed, they were made into wine. Um, as a matter of fact, I was looking online the other day at photos from some archaeological sites in modern Israel where wine presses have been uncovered. And to be honest with you, these folks were pretty advanced for their time, honestly, the way that they were able to build the wine presses. They had filtration systems and different things that they used, but the image of the vine and the vineyard and the wine press and, and just wine as a drink, these were all parts of daily life. And also in terms of the Jewish faith, um, the vineyard is, is an important um, image at times. And if you go back to the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 5, there's what uh, Bible scholars call the song of the vineyard where God talks about the people of Israel being God's vineyard. So it's really um, a pretty amazing claim that Jesus makes here when he says that he is the vine. But the image itself would, would have been something that the disciples were familiar with, and there's just so many different different things going on and different levels of meaning, I think, happening here. Now, something that I've wondered about um, as I've thought through John 15 um, for our, our time together today, I've thought about the way that the image of the vine and the earth and then the garden um, imagery goes all the way back to the beginning of Scripture. Um, you know, Jesus, when he, he starts off here into John 15, he talks about his father being the gardener. And I think this is the only time that Jesus compares himself to, to the earth or something with the earth. And again, like I mentioned, in Isaiah 5, um, there is this image of the people of, of Israel being uh, a vineyard, a vine, but the very first thing in Scripture that God does after creating everything in Genesis um, is, is he plants a garden, and he puts people in it. And actually, people are created from the earth itself, and their identity is to be a steward over that. And so I kind of think that there is something really unique about John 15, and how Jesus is pulling um, out this, this really earthly and organic language and putting it all together. 
And um, because, again, in the beginning of, of Scripture, people find their identity in the garden that God has planted. And so here Jesus is bringing all this back up again. So something I did the other day when I was reading through this, and I encourage you to do the same if when you're reading through various passages of Scripture, I wrote down how Jesus talks about our relationship with him like the vine. I wrote down all the little phrases that Jesus uses. And so Jesus talks about us growing fruit. Jesus talks about us remaining in him. Jesus talks about us remaining in his words. Jesus talks about us remaining in his love. And then Jesus talks about us being true disciples. And I don't know that you can separate any of these things out from each other. So let's follow the kind of organic language that Jesus uh, is saying all the way through here. Jesus says he is the true vine. So he's the 100% organic representation um, of God. And I have to give a shout out again to Becky Tompkins. I mentioned earlier having a conversation with her. She was telling me about, I think it might have been someone in her family who had grown a a lemon tree. And they were... um, you know, kind of realizing that there there is an original um, seed or or root that you must plant, and even if you graft in other branches or other growths later, there's always the original planting that you had. And so maybe that's kind of what Jesus is saying. He is the true vine, the original vine that God planted. So this would have been a pretty powerful statement if he was standing there underneath this golden vine. And so the people of Israel thought they were the original vine. And so Jesus is even kind of pushing back some saying, I, I am the actual true original vine that is planted that you must be rooted into. And Jesus says that we are branches. So we have to be rooted and connected to the true vine of Jesus to grow fruit. And I was thinking about this as well the other day. The fruit of the vine was something that would would have been crushed. Um, that's, that's the image I think these disciples would have lived with. And Jesus had just taken a cup of wine at the meal earlier and said, this is my blood. And then he talked with with the disciples about how they were to love one another. And he talks about it again here in John 15. And so the fruit that we are supposed to grow, I think, is the love of God. But that fruit can only truly reveal that love when it's crushed. And so again, to follow this imagery, this very organic, earth, uh, earthy imagery that Jesus is using all the way through, Jesus ultimately says, this is what it means to be my disciple. I'm the vine that is literally growing out of God's heart. 
And if we are going to follow Jesus's teachings, and if we are going to be his disciples, then we have to grow the fruit of love. And that love is a sacrificial kind of love. And so this is what Jesus wants to grow in us through the work of the Spirit. And what's amazing is that Jesus says here in John 15, the same way that God is working in us, it's really the way that he's at work in all creation, growing life and producing fruit. It's just this beautiful um, just image, so connected that Jesus uses. I love it. So Jesus is the 100% organic revelation of God. And you and I, we have to be rooted in him if we are going to claim to be his disciple. And Jesus, the true vine, grows out of God's heart for us and God's desire that by growing the fruit of the Spirit, we would share sacrificial love with the world. And in this way, we are connected with God's intention for all creation that the fruit of our lives would glorify God. I would like to to lead you today in a prayer of confession and then a a benediction um, from John chapter 8. And as you listen, you can reflect on the words of this prayer. And I've also included a link to a PDF copy of it in the description of this podcast episode. So let's pray together. We thank you, gracious God, for Jesus Christ, the true vine, with his roots eternally grounded in you. We rejoice that by grace we have been grafted into him to be branches on a vine which bears the loveliest of all the fruits of earth. Yet we confess that all is not well with the way we live. Lord, please forgive us for the occasions when we have been the ones to introduce disease into the vine, preferring its contamination to the vigor of health. Forgive us for neglecting to draw deeply on the sap of your life, for our tendency to wander instead of growing on the framework you provide, for being content and sometimes even proud of a few sparse or undersized fruits, for the apathy which lets us uh, go through some seasons without bearing any fruit. Lord, have mercy on us. Please do not lose patience or sever us completely from the true vine. Rather, heal our diseases, discipline and train our wandering tendrils, prune our unfruitful branches, and cut away our diseased ones. May we remain in Christ and He in us through all the changing seasons of life. Let us delight in bearing the fruits of love, which are our true purpose and joy. For your name's sake, amen. Jesus said, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. 
Friends, we have asked for forgiveness and correction. It has been truly done for us. It is being done for us. And it will be done for us. Now let us go out, growing the fruit of true discipleship, the love of Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God. Amen. Hey everyone, I just want to thank you for um, joining again with me today. And I hope that the next time you're visiting Trader Joe's and looking through all the organic um, items there, that you will remember to stay um, truly organic in your faith, rooted into the true vine of Christ. And I just uh, look forward to continuing this pneumaturgical journey with you. I'm looking forward to the Lenten season. I'm working on um, some things uh, to help us through that time. So blessings to you uh, today and in all the days that lay ahead.